When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Shot Caller Podcast with Casey Diaz and Joel Niebler. You can find us online at uh, Casey Diaz Author on Facebook, uh, The Shot Caller Book on Instagram, and on Twitter, at The Shot Caller BK. That's at The Shot Caller BK. You can also find us at CaseyDiaz.net and send an email to info at CaseyDiaz.net. That's info at CaseyDiaz.net. So, uh, good to be back, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Um, you know, it's a bright uh, Monday morning here in California. I know you're in Tennessee, and um, you know how's the weather over there? Over here, we're getting a, a lot of a lot of warmth all over again. California weather. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to the warmth. We were cold this last week. Uh, temperatures in the 30s and 40s, and then some rain came through, and now it's warming up again into the 70s. So. It's a beautiful spring day, bright and sunny. It's very nice. 30 and 40, did you say? Yeah. yeah 30. It sounds like Alaska, man. <laughs> well, in, in the evening, overnight. So All right. there you go. Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, How's family? Everybody good? Yeah. Yeah, we're doing well. Um, I think everybody's ready to leave the home and do their own thing. So we're, uh, but we're making it through. How about you? Doing good. You know, we're waiting for the doors to open for everybody to make parole and uh, worldwide. (laughs) (laughs) Go back to normal, man. You know, yeah. (laughs) We're getting a taste of uh, how it must have felt for you. uh, Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) We have windows, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, Casey, this is a good day, man. We've got a great guest on today, Mark Smith from South Africa. A uh, retired police officer, a warrant officer in South Africa, who reached out to you. Talk to me, Casey. How did he, how did he find you? Um, I, I believe that we found each other with uh, Twitter. Um, I think Mark um, either uh, saw the story uh, either on television or the book somewhere along the line, and um, we connected really well. and uh, And it's funny because uh, the forum that we're on on Twitter is a very uh, you know it's a it's a very conservative Republican. Uh, you know, uh, based uh, thing, and and I thought Mark was here in the states. You know, uh, but we we just you know we chatted a, a couple of bits, and um, just a really nice guy, man. And and I remember he wrote me and said, uh, you know, he was a retired police officer, and this is when the book had just released. Uh, so we were doing you know massive amount of uh, PR, uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, interviews and all kinds of stuff. And so I remembered that and kept that in the back of my head. And, and here we are, fast forward a year later, and we're on this podcast and we're doing this segment of law enforcement. So I thought, you know, let me, let me ask him and see if, uh, if he'd be interested in yeah. coming out as a guest. And, and it was a very quick yes. And I thought, wow, this is cool, man. You know, uh, it is. and then yeah. when, he, when, when I saw his bio, I looked and I went, where is V? 
this place at? <laughs> so it was good, man. Uh, you know, and, and there's a connection with that uh, and yourself as well. So we'll get that in, in a few yeah. minutes ago. But yeah, well, um, great guy. Uh, just uh, we've been back and forth on Twitter. And, um, you know, we're in the same circle for, uh, you know, friends on Twitter. And, and pretty cool stuff, man. Cool That's stuff. awesome. And I hear he's got a great testimony himself. And he's uh, probably been impressed with your testimony. So I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking with him. So why don't we go ahead and, and introduce him? Yeah, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Mark Smith, straight from Pretoria, South Africa. Hello, Mark. Good evening. Good evening. Well, I'm going to say good evening. It's evening here. Uh, yeah. But good morning to you guys. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> nice to be on your show. It's awesome. It's it's been a it's been an incredible journey. I said to another friend of mine, pastor friend earlier today, I said it's so amazing that um how how it, Casey's story where he was and uh where he went through and I was in the police, in the police force straight from school, seventeen I was seventeen turned eighteen, literally weeks later sworn in. Uh, and and here we are, brothers in Christ. It's it's absolutely yeah. amazing, absolutely amazing. Well, thank you. Thanks for joining us from so far away. Um, as Casey was referencing earlier, I have a daughter who's in her early twenties, and she's currently serving with uh, YWAM, Youth with a Mission, in uh, Pachifstrom. Pachifstrom, yeah. Yeah, you can probably it's, pronounce it's, it. It's it's that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's that way. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, it's good to meet another uh, person on the continent. So, um, well, Casey, what do you say? We start with a, a quick lightning round, a couple of questions just to get us all warmed up and see what he says. Those are always fun, man. Let's go for it. And, you know, Mark, just so you know, these are, these are pretty uh, – Joe comes up with some really cool yeah. stuff. So These will be okay. I don't know as much, as much about South Africa, South African pop culture. or All right. So we might want to try, you know. See what he says. Anyway. All right. Cool. Okay. So uh, just answer. I'm going to throw out a, a choice of one or the other and, and let us know what you think. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, Mark. Um, Mercedes or Suzuki? AMG. Definitely. <laughs> What's that? AMG. AMG definitely. <laughs> AMG? Yeah. So that definitely. would be Mercedes. No, no doubt. No, oh, Mercedes. Oh, Mercedes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Johannesburg or Cape Town? Cape Town, definitely. Although okay. I'm closer to Joburg, um, Cape Town, definitely. Sure. What What do you like about Cape Town? Well, my brother used to stay there. My mom stays close to Cape Town in Hermanus. Um, a lot of people pronounce it wrong. There was an American company doing a a drone flyover of countries but <laughs> they get all the pronunciations wrong but that's understandable different cultures but okay. it's um it's hermanus it's a that's the way you pronounce it it's uh, the whale capital it's about 120 kilometers 150 kilometers from cape town but okay. yeah cape, cape town the weather is not really my scene the wind is constant wind so i prefer the weather of, um, up here we are we are about thousand uh, two hundred kilometers from cape town to, towards the north much warmer weather um and um but yeah cape, cape town because of the crime rate and everything in Joburg, definitely cape town yeah okay uh rugby or soccer rugby rugby <laughs> i'm a, you know? i'm a blue blue bull supporter that's it's it's most of the guys that were and actually this, this a friend of mine played for the blue bulls he's like a brother okay. to me as well where are they located in south africa 
the Blue Bulls are in Pretoria. They, they, Pretoria. they, they yeah, they, they are at Loftus Fairfield Park. That's the stadium in Pretoria. It's okay. a big blue thing. In fact, my brother that was in Cape Town, he decided to become a, a Blue Bull because of the spirit. They would just have this great spirit. Everyone hoists flags. <laughs> yeah, really sure. Good. Definitely. Uh, okay, uh, Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt? I would go for Tom Cruise because of the the, the whole, the, you know, the movie Top Gun and all yeah. of these action movies and him action. flying, physically flying the last, his last movie, he literally uh, learned to fly chopper and he did those stunts himself. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he, he, got a, he got his chopper license for those scenes. Amazing. Amazing. So, yes, wow. Tom Cruise, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Antelope or wildebeest? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. What's uh, <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> yes. I would say, uh, well, we we antelope. If you're gonna if you're gonna shoot them and make biltong, I suppose then then. But wildebeest can can be just as tasty. <laughs> okay, I, I would think that wildebeest are more abundant. Is that true? At least from the the videos we see. I don't know. Oh, not 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 around in Pretoria. We don't see them here, but okay. there are yeah. some wild, some reserves. And then antelope, or sure. a lot of antelopes all around. <laughs> okay, okay. Next one: uh, safari or a day at the beach? Well, that's also a difficult one because safari means going out for a drive. That's basically what it is. Oh, so, is that what I mean? yeah, but, oh, is that that's what yeah safari means to go on a drive so a lot of people these reserves they call them safari it's they think it's, it has to do with animals but the word safari basically just means to go for wow. go for a drive but it's now become more uh, known to to say to go on a on a reserve check out yeah. check at animals but my choice uh, there at the beach differently <laughs> oh, so you would say safari by <laughs> right um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hey, did you catch that late, uh, Joe? I didn't hear that one. Uh, so I used to do safari uh, buys. Is that so we could use it that way? No? No. Not an idea? No. Right. <laughs> okay. And, and finally, if you could have lunch with someone from history, who would it be? Yo, I suppose Paul. Uh, and what he what he went what he went through and and how his whole character being on this side jumped to the other side that must have uh, yeah. the miracle in in his heart must have been intense it must have been a a bigger miracle than having someone leg just grow on or become uh, have sight after being blind having a character change to me is a much more intense miracle so he, him from going from this side to that side was absolutely full. so I would. Definitely have a, have a, have a dinner okay. with him. Amen. Okay, I'll, I'll stop torturing you, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you, love that. I, I, I see that you also did, um, you were also a pilot. Is, no, no, I was in the air wing, at the air law enforcement officer. We, I wouldn't use the, 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 the real name, we, but it's, it's Elio, uh, air law enforcement officer. Okay. Uh, the pilot he does the flying there and then because he, he basically he just he's the pilot and he talks on his radio to all the uh, the towers the airports and all the uh, air districts 
uh, and we do low level flying about 2,000 feet to 1,000 to 2,000 feet. Um, the guy on the left seat uh, is, is, is literally has to run the camera uh, and the and the uh, and, and the light, the night sun as we call it. So mm -hmm. I'm operating that while he's operating the to fly the machine. So I was, I was involved in, in, in that and then also in the logistical department with all the, the, the parts for the helicopters. I was more involved with the helicopters and it's all American. Well, most of, most of them are American machines, the McDonnell Douglas 500, okay. uh, which if we watched Magnum years ago, that's the one that TC flew. Ah, TC. Um, yeah. Then the, the Bell, uh, sorry, not the Bell, the, the, the um, BK-117 that was in Mission Impossible, the one they used to, to lower him into the into the open, the vents. That's a bigger one. And then the BO-105, which is a, also an American machine. Yeah, and that that had to be exciting, right? I mean, you're you're you're. Uh, I'm assuming you're chasing after people or surveilling something. Um, oh yes, oh, endless stories I can tell you about. Yeah. Especially with that camera, which is heat, uh, which is an infrared flare, forward-looking yeah. infrared, which uh, distinguishes between uh, hot and 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 cold and and not not color. So even in, in one instance where the person was, was involved in a uh, chase and a runner, uh, it was a high-speed chase and uh, he lost control of the, the BMW uh, 3 Series and went into the, into the water. He literally, and it was, it was quite cold there, uh, he, he climbed in the water thinking that he, could, that he could hide, but his body temperature heated up the water around him. And we, we, spot, we spotted him from, from, from wow. In fact, In fact, the, the cop that was on the floor uh, when we radiated, he said, right, a little bit forward, 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 right, he's there, he's where? He says, well, he's right next to you. <laughs> you couldn't see him. He literally then, when he shone his, his flashlight down, he, he saw him in, in, in the water. But uh, right. otherwise, he didn't even see him, but we could see him because of the heat. So it's very, very well, interesting. So, Mark, it's great to have you on the show. and You're going to have a lot of stories to share. Can we start from the beginning and what led you, where did you grow up? What led you to, to join law enforcement? I, uh, my, my mother and father, uh, when they were when they were together, they divorced when I was when I was still young. Um, at, at at one stage in, in school, I felt that I, I felt I didn't belong. You know, like teenagers, what they go through, they don't know where they belong, and uh, decided to go and stay with my dad. And a couple of weeks in, I realized that was a big mistake yeah. um, because of because of what he what he was and how he lived and. Uh, he was, uh, you know, heavy on the alcohol and it, it, it was really bad. So uh, I just wanted to get out of that. And um, I decided to, to, to join the police. It, it looked like something that I can go to and have a career in, in the police because they look after their guns. Uh, that was in 88, which when I made the decision when I was in my senior year in, in, in high school. Um, and then from there, when the net, literally that year, end of that year was sworn in. And uh, in '89, went to the uh, to the police college in Pretoria, and then that's where it started. It started as working on a police station, and then until '91, uh, went to the fingerprint branch where I became well, a fingerprint expert, and from there on. Yeah, well, let me ask you, just historically speaking, placing you in history. I know the anti-apartheid movement was big in the '80s, and there were a lot of and I, you know, if that's a deep well, I don't need to, we don't need to rehash all of that. But what was that like for you entering the police force during that time period? And I don't have the whole history in front of me, but yeah. 88, 89, I know that was a, a rough time in South Africa. 
Yes, I also don't want to get into too much with with regards to yeah. to apartheid because there was a lot of uh, a lot of things that happened with with within apartheid that apartheid just just a word to mean to to, to keep separate because of cultural differences, and um, I I don't although there's a lot of backlash against against that uh, there there was some reason behind that but then like I say there was a lot of things that happened within apartheid that. Um, that was bad, and then obviously, then the whole concept will will will, will be thrown, like like they say, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Um, but there were a lot of things that were not too bad ideas initially. Like I say, it, it turned into something that 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 wasn't that wasn't good, and the, the the whole concept after that became became bad. Me working with in that time, there were there were a lot of my my colleagues that um, didn't act like human i mean there's, there's there's we all have that thing called a conscience uh that you can distinguish between right and wrong and and when they treated um people that they arrest uh, in, in in a wrongful manner it, 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 it was always that i was always the one sticking out and say stop that stop that and then they say you're going to bust on me and what 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 but it that, that was difficult that was that was not easy knowing and i must i i, I honestly think that being in the police, um, and I'm saying this uh, honestly, sitting sitting here today, being in the police uh, hindered my relationship with God because it was it was living two lives. It was living two lives, seeing what and, and being having been to 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 do this a specific way, and certain things have to be accepted. And but how can you accept certain things if if you really if it really doesn't make sense to you? in in yeah. the long run uh, so that was a difficult journey for me but <laughs> yeah so you entered into your career during this conflict and the conflict was also personal but you you had to work and you had to keep going and so what what line of uh police work did you end up pursuing you you sent casey a brief bio but i just okay you talk right. about the, the duties you know you perform just something different that people don't really understand about the the culture in south africa is when when a South African uh, police officer uh, he joins, I think it's three or five, four times a year, he has to sign uh, a letter to say that he will not talk about politics. He will not get into. He will. He will. He, you're not even allowed to make known who you will vote for. It's it's completely secret. I mean, when I see what hap what happens in the United States, you are either a registered Democrat or Republican or Independent. So everyone knows what you are registered to to be. Um, we were not allowed to to even talk. Politics. So we we were supposed to completely stay away from 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 those discussions, which I think is a safer way. Because if you're going to serve, you're going to serve neutral. The, yeah. You're going to serve neutral, and 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 you you can't turn everything into a political thing. And I think that's a good idea how they handled that. Like I say, now it's it's completely different. It's yeah, police force. It's not. It's not like it used to be. Uh, every you can you can just go on the news. I mean, we had in our first week, we had more arrests for people um, not 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 taking the lockdown than what we had tested positive for the virus. Yeah. Really, and then the, wow. the second week we had more people die in police custody. There was an article I can actually share it with you. More people died in police custody with, with, with than people have died of the virus. So yeah. the, the 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 police is, um, 
I wouldn't say they are wrong. I'm not saying that they are wrong, but that uh, they they took a very strong stance against the, the the virus versus other countries. But it's 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 difficult to make a decision. Was that perhaps a good thing? Because we are, we have eleven different languages just 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 in our country, um, and so many di diverse um, uh, cultures that certain cultures are just they live very close together. They uh, so it's very difficult to keep them intact. They don't like to be told, don't do this or don't do that. So there were a lot of hooligans. I don't know if you know this, but liquor and cigarettes totally banned with this lockdown. Oof, oof. That's that's total ban. And I mean, I have <laughs> friends who smoke, who they don't know what to do. I mean, uh, being in a, in a, in a habit of, of, of anything, it's, it's, it's not, it can't be easy. And it's just like, sorry, it's not allowed. It's, it's not allowed. So, so one guy actually went on a, on a, on a beer run and um, literally they call it a beer run. Casey, you're going to laugh at this. <laughs> well, let's say a beer safari if you want. A beer to. safari. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he was chased by the police and then he was tasered and beaten. And then when he, when he, he ran away, when he got home, he collapsed and, and died. So now there was, wow. there's an investigation uh, regarding regarding that. So there was a lot of controversy regarding how how you want to let people stay at home. You want to force them to stay at home so that they don't get ill. But then that's the actions that happen. I mean, the other thing is the police also didn't have the, the manpower, so they had to call in um, man manpower from the military, and uh, the, the defence forces is also not like it used to be. It's it's much different. There's not the there's not the, the amount of discipline that used to that used to be there years ago. So you get all these guys locked into military camps that now have to go out and they have all this this power to now enforce this new president of the president's new regulation of of um, lockdown. So that they, you can you can expect it's 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 gone down a bit, but it was quite bad in the beginning. Wow. I mean that that that's got to be um, you know here. You and this is like recent, um, you know, um, my uh, Facebook feeds and stuff like that. You know, I, I keep contact with friends that are not, you know, um, they're not born again. They're, you know, and they're, they're they're on my feed, and some of them I see, and it's like, you know, they're actually, you know, recording themselves going into liquor stores and coming out with, you know, you know, liquor of all kinds, and they're, you know, and then people from all over in social media, you see them here in, in the States with just, you know, this is the best vacation ever kind of, you know, joking about yeah. it. Um, yeah. So that, for you to bring that up, that, that's very interesting on how, uh, yeah. you know, one thing I guess would, that's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of healthy people that are, <laughs> that are coming out of this uh, lockdown. Well, forced, forced rehab. <laughs> forced rehab, exactly. Man. <laughs> and it's free. <laughs> So uh, it's, it's very harsh. It's very harsh. Um, uh, just, just, just another thing that I wanted to mention is our airplanes. That are not, if you just go on flight radar twenty four, you you'll see within the first week of lockdown, there was no traffic, air traffic whatsoever. And because because I was with with within the uh, air wing and my 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 brother is an air traffic controller, I have I love to go on it. Even if I just hear an airplane come over, I'll quickly go on flight radar and see which one is it, where is it going. Now it's quiet. There's no, you can literally go on, on, on the flight radar right now. There's one, 
two or three, a couple of cargo planes coming in and out and private cars coming in and out with medical stuff. Yeah. But everything is completely, it's gone. There's no traffic. This is a total lockdown. You have to have a special paper just to, just to go oh, for, for an exceptions. Yeah. Wow. Well, Casey lives in Los Angeles in America. That's one of the, the smoggiest, dirtiest cities historically. And now, Casey, you know, tell it's blue skies, man. I mean, uh, you know, I was sharing with Joel uh, a few episodes ago. I mean, it's so picturesque. I mean, you know, you, you look at people that are outside of California, and everybody wants to come to California or New York, right? Those are two choice places for you know for the United States vacation wise. And we are, we're so used to as uh, whether you're a native of California, you've lived here all your life, you're so used to looking at postcards or movies. And, you know, you can see downtown LA and that's like, <laughs> I don't know when they got those pictures, but, or how they got, that's a whole lot of Photoshop editing that goes along with that. But now, I mean, you can come out out of your house and take a picture and the, the sky is very nice and blue. I mean, the, I mean, it's just cleared all the smog out. It, it's just beautiful, man. And you could go up on a hike up on a trail and you have a whole 360, you know, uh, look of everything. It's, it's it's quite beautiful. And you kind of go, okay, I can see why I stayed here, you know, that, that kind of thing. But the, the main difference is there's no wildebeest in Los there's Angeles. There's no wildebeest. Yeah. <laughs> hey, sorry, bad joke. But Mark, back no, to you. Uh, take us take us to where you started out. Was that in Durban? And and what types of responsibilities did you have? No, I was I was uh, when I moved to my to my father, which is um, in in close to Johannesburg. Uh, I was in, in Springs, which is basically a suburb of of, of Johannesburg, uh, and and the little town where I was a policeman. Uh, I did my basic training in Pretoria, and then to Springs, which is which is close by about an hour's drive. That's all in this in this area. I just I grew up in Durban uh, from from little in school. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was that that was then. But m- most of my life, I've been I've been in Pretoria so long. Um, but when I joined joined the police, like I say, fingerprints, uh, and then I went to a, a AFIS system where where I was a um, computerized automated fingerprint identification system. From there, I took my transfer to uh, as, a, as a fraud detective, uh, white collar crimes. It's all kinds of uh, fraud re- related cases, syndicate fraud. Um, uh, so that was having having that detective background as well. It's 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 different when I when I look at some uh, programs in the states, the, the, you get cops that they specialize, and you, obviously you get that here as well. But to 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 be able to to to, to go around for I was, like I said, I was first just normal police, and then fingerprints, and then over to the fraud division, being a detective, um, and then from there, I went to flying squad, worked there for a while in in eighty nine. Uh, sorry, ninety-eight, uh, and 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 from there to the to the air wing with the helicopters, and then to a to a national unit, which is a like a like a SWAT unit, um, uh, the uh, called intervention. Uh, went there, and that's where that's where the accident took place, um, and I was boarded, like I said, in two thousand and seven. Okay, so and, that's that's yeah. that's it. That's all around. It's it's yeah. jack of all trades, master of none, kind of kind of <laughs> career. <laughs> Yeah, but you were also serving, you know, serving your country in different capacities and you, you learned new skills that were helpful. Absolutely. Um, so given Casey's story and background, um, what was your experience with gangs or organized crime in, in that sense? Uh, Interest, 
Interesting question. Um, uh, the, with, within the fraud unit, we had a division called, um, where we investigate, we had a, a law, PRCA, Prevention of Organized Crime Act. Uh, and they, they had a lot of uh, regulations for organized crime. And there was one specific um, uh, law, even if you have a sign or a, a different kind of greeting, you, according to that law, you can then be classified as a gang member. And then there's a complete new law system that applies to you that doesn't apply to a normal criminal. So uh, it's called the Prevention of Organized Crime Act uh, that, fall, that fell under. I was actually chosen to go to that division, um, but then there was, there was political reasons um, that I don't want to get into. Uh, and it was, it was purely, purely political. Uh, but I was chosen, went for the interview, was chosen for that because I had the fingerprint background uh, um, and I studied the, the, the Pre Prevention of Organized Crime Act. So it's very interesting to how, to, to how they work that. And there's one specific thing in the, in the laws that I, that I saw. And when, when I look at gang-related things, you can understand why they brought the law in. But there is a misuse in the law. And I see a lot of American lawyers actually um, talk against it. They say, how can this, and they call it, in, in the States, they call it um, civil uh, forfeiture. Um, where in South Africa, it's just called asset forfeiture. They actually have a unit, asset forfeiture unit, which is designed around um, forfeiting criminals' assets and then using that to fight crime, which, which, which I agree with. But there the are loopholes, because now a lot of police all over the world, and I see it happens in the States actually much more than, than it happens here. I don't see people misusing that law here. But, um, well, not yet that I know of, but I know there's, there, there's a lot of cases in the States where they, they simply just arrest a guy uh, where he has money in his, in his car and they can, they can just take it. Uh, they, literally, they, they, they take all of it and there doesn't have to be a couple to, to an arrest. He has to then sue and prove that he, he got the money legally. Uh, so he has to get a lawyer, and there was there's a lot of cases when you look at civil civil um, forfeiture, where where it's unconstitutional. And like I say, uh, there, there's also a, a pastor in, in in America that I that I've listened to for years regarding creation, and um, and he he was a he was he was a, a victim of 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 one of this. He, he was um, let let me explain it. The the, the law says if you um, every amount under a certain amount has to be declared. You, you, in, in, I think in the States, it's still $10,000. Um, anything under 10000 you can draw or deposit and there's no extra forms to be filled in. Everything over 10000 has to be, there's separate forms that have to be filled in because that's for, for the purposes of, um, to see, Organized crime is, is organized crime involved so that it, it prevents money laundering, etc. So um, what 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 happens is a lot of guys then will deposit, and he did this in his ministry, deposited nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine just to stay under that because the bank said rather do that to prevent all those forms. I know this was this was uh, uh, um, money that was was given to him uh, tithes and offerings, and you know he has to pay for his ministry at a theme park. Uh, Dinosaur Adventureland. I'm talking about uh, wow. Dr. Ken Dovent. And uh, he, because he deposited the, that, that amount of money, every time under 10, they called it structuring. 
They never found him guilty on anything uh, with regards to tax invasion, nothing. I mean, you can, there's a website, uh, Kent Oven is Innocent. Dot com, um, where a lawyer broke down exactly what happened. They literally misused that um, law that was created for organized crime. And at the end of the day, a pastor had to pay and he served a couple of years in federal prison. Wow. And the only thing they could find him guilty on was structuring. They call it because he deposited and, and withdrew his money from his ministry. Uh, but in, in segments of just under 10,000, they say you're trying to hide something, but they couldn't find anything. They'd... Well, it's kind of sad that our conversation went from, uh, you know, monitoring gangs to monitoring televangelists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mostly, uh, some of them are related. Anyway, uh, uh, Casey, do you have any, any questions? No, I, I, if I'm ever visiting uh, uh, South Africa, um, I think I'll be fine because I only carry 50 bucks in my pocket. So uh, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> That's great. No, but, you know, um, you know, we, we were talking to um, uh, um, Joe's uh, daughter over there and we we're talking about gangs and, and, and she shared some, some pretty uh, interesting moments there about, you know, just the crime within uh, her city where she's at. And outside of that, of, of, you know, this is an actual problem, uh, even there, you know, uh, where they exist. And, but she brought some really awesome hope of what, you know, the, the organization that she's with, um, uh, them going into these um, uh, uh, gang uh, territories and gang leaders actually coming to Christ. And then those that followed this gang leader, this former gang leader, all of them remain following this former gang leader into Christ. And I think those, those are the things that, you know, um, and, and, you know, when, when it comes to faith, I think that that's the, that's the changing factor. It's, it's God in the picture, in the mix of community, of resources, of, um, of, of anything, you know, it, when we put God in the picture, um, he changes hearts and, and that's what he's, that's what he's, uh, involved in. And, and what a change that comes upon a human life when they discover that all along they've been wasting their time, um, whether in street gangs or, or whatever kind of lifestyle. It didn't even have to be, uh, you know, a life of crime. It's it just an absence of God in that person's heart is a crime itself, you know, uh, against the creator, you know, uh, not knowing uh, that, you know, he's been wanting a relationship with us. So, you know, I want to talk about, you know, you're in law enforcement, how, your perspective on gangs over there. How, have you done research of how it, it operates there and how it operates here in the, in the States, the differences? What did you get to see, if anything? Well, I wasn't really involved with the, 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 um, the gangs, the hardcore gangs. It was more, in, in, in the, my detective, it was more the... Uh, I would say they're high-end gangs, but that's also a gang because it's usually a, a, a wealthy guy running a, 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 a drug uh, cartel, or if you could say cartel, or a, a whole network. Um, or, and, and he needs to wash that money. So I was more involved with the white collar where, where that was done. Um, Cape Town is more, I wouldn't say Cape Town is more gang-related. There are gangs everywhere, but uh, I didn't get to, 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 to work with, with the gangs so so intense as uh, um, as as other guys have. They they yeah. they've 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 seen they've seen that in those units. 
and, and where did where did faith come into the picture as far as your life? I mean, did you grow up in in the Lord, or uh, at what point did did you come to Christ? And and I I was um, when I was still at school. I had a I had a relationship since since I, since I was quite young. When I joined the police, there was a lot of things within my faith that that contradicted the certain guys in the in my colleagues' lifestyle, and that it always clashed a bit, and I always felt like 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 an odd one out until until uh, the, I'll, get, I'll get to the to to the operation and what happened there uh, later um that that was basically my turning point where I, when, I, when I realized you cannot hang on both the the, the lives hot or cold there's there's there's, there's only one way yeah. and when i started focusing on um on 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 the Lord more and what what He plans for us. It's like everything else that happened in my past became clear. Uh, we 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 have a, a term called malice operandi that if 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 you see a serial killer or serial gang member doing something, and another crime gets committed a week later or a week later, his signature with with whatever he's done at that scene tells you as the detective that it's, that's the same guy. So that experience stuck with me that you can say this is this is the same guy doing doing this so with 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 a lot of things in the world and we can talk about that for hours um you you start to realize that there's a lot of people say conspiracy theories and there's a lot of things behind that and the reason people are clinging onto these conspiracy theories in my in my point of view is because they see a modus operandi with within within this but the word is very 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 clear we wrestle not against flesh and blood it's not someone or an entity that's controlling this. The enemy is behind all this. So most of these things to keep out certain things, you, you, you literally see his fingerprint, his signature behind, behind a lot of evil. And exactly what you said, Casey, um, the absence of God um, keeps, uh, uh, keeps evil away. It's literally like, like not cleaning your garden. If you're going to keep, you're gonna, just going to leave it, uh, all the bushes, it's going gonna, it's gonna to grow up. And if you don't keep on cleaning that out and your presence just keeps it out, evil will eventually just take, mm -hmm. take hold of that, of that garden and turn that garden into a bush. So it's, it's specifically on your question, when I realized that, 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 that what, has, what God has, focusing on him, uh, everything else just, just comes in place. You can try to fight crime, fight crime with bigger units, stronger units, more money, get the money from asset forfeiture, whatever the case may be, you can keep on fighting and it will be a constant battle. But the root of all, of everything, it starts with the evil. It, it yeah. starts there and it, it starts with the enemy. So seeing it in a spiritual point of view, it's, there's like, I had a lot of friends in, in the police that were atheists and non-believers. And seeing them turn to God and then realize that, you know what we've been fighting all these years is actually there's a spiritual thing behind it, and it's it's so much less stress if you realize that because you want to fight it by yourself, your self effort. You want to fight it with your with, with your unit, and you want to go in there, and you just realize if you if you if you sort out the root, you minister to someone at a young age, you can you can turn him from from something. I mean, and take take your life if you had a father father figure. Um, when when you were exposed to the gangs and you wanted that that acceptance, uh, it could have tilted completely the other way. Although uh, it, it did it did not, and God used that to, yeah. to, to 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 your book and everything to, to your whole life. Yeah. But there are so many kids out there that if they can just get the 
the right tune from a certain point, it can tip the other way. You know, we, we were having a dinner last night and uh, we were goofing around with the kids and stuff. I, my kids are back from college because of course the quarantine and, you know, and so the dinner table has become our meeting place all over again, where there's a lot of goofing around, a lot of laughter. And, um, and then we have these serious moments sometimes at the table. And one of the questions that my, uh, you know, so we decided to ask questions in, in the table last night. And uh, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, and, and that kind of thing. <clears throat> and um, my oldest daughter, she said, if, if you wouldn't have went the route that you went, like think as far back as you can, she says, uh, what would you have liked to be? And, you know, I never shared this with anybody. I never shared it with my kids either. And I said, I, I you know, I, I would have loved going into like a police department. And everybody in the table just kind of like turned around and looked at me like, what? <laughs> you know, because you, you, they weren't expecting that. And I said, exactly. that would have been the ideal thing. Um, you know, I, I've always been uh, consumed with, you know, watching shows and, and you know and all that but the lack of mentorship um of a of a spiritual leader uh, of a of a and uh, when i say spiritual a, a christian leader in the home uh, a, a a christian father in the home that guides you and and you know speaks into your life that is so so needed always in our culture no matter what no matter what era you're in no matter what generation comes after us you know, I was, uh, we were, um, yesterday in, in church, um, I was, I was speaking about Moses and, and Joshua and how Moses, uh, here's Moses and, and he's actually, you know, bringing in his successor, which is Joshua. And he's teaching the laws, the decrees, he's teaching the nation, uh, you know, um, really bad on, on, on the GPS because he's been going around for quite a bit, you know, <laughs> 40 years. Uh, but but as far as spiritual leadership, he's on point, and he's teaching the people, and he's bringing up the successor. And then there's Joshua, and when we go into Joshua's story, he dies, and the Bible says that after Joshua's death, the generation after that did not know God or the works that God had did in the land of their fathers. And what a sad situation that is. And I think it goes right back to where it starts. And it starts at the home. You know, uh, I think, um, you know, one of the, the things that amazes me is I'm surrounded now with, uh, <laughs> surrounded, but <laughs> it's going to sound funny. I'm surrounded now with a, a whole lot of uh, law enforcement friends. And there, uh, most of them are all born again. And we share the same views now, which is so neat that 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 here christ brings both ex-con and former law enforcement guy under the same banner which is christ and we share the same values now and this is the thing and it's like how you mentioned mark um you know it, we're dealing with evil we're dealing with a dark heart we're dealing with uh people in general that don't know god when when, when somebody says you know you know god knows my heart um, they're absolutely right. And if you look at it biblically, you know, it's um, 
desperately wicked above all things. You know, that's what the Bible says about the human heart that doesn't know God. You know, um, so it's a heart issue. And I think it, I find it so uh, compelling and so interesting that Christ makes all the difference in, in, in anybody's life. And, and he is so important in, in like, like you said earlier as well, you know, um, <clears throat> it's character. It, it, that's what makes the difference. That's the, the proof in the pudding. Uh, when we give our lives to Christ and we actually live that life out, um, wow, man, what, what, what the difference we can make in our communities, in our families, you know, in our families first, in our communities next, and then everywhere we go. So uh, I'm just, uh, 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 I'm so um, excited to, to see and meet, you know, uh, more law enforcement guys that, um, that have come to the Lord and, and how, how, how they in turn witness to their, uh, the, their friends, their units, you know, uh, and, and, and you can see Christ doing an amazing work in law enforcement while these guys are there at that time. So, yeah, man, I, I'm, and this is why I find it so intriguing uh, to have, you know, uh, guys like you, like yourself, come on board and, and then have, because I think, you know, the community at large, especially in the times that we've been living on, there's just been such a, like a, almost like a hatred towards law enforcement. And I think it has to do a lot with how, you know, like, like this Joshua thing, you know, the gen, the generation after him didn't know the Lord. Um, so it's, yeah. it's important that we come back to that, you know, and make sure that we teach you know, God's word to respect God's word to respect God and his word. And then that makes a difference in that future generation. So important. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if I can just add to that. Um, sorry, Joe, I don't know if you wanted to say something. Very good. <clears throat> um, dude, I have, I've always had this uh, analogy with a, a room. You, you literally have to picture it, a, a triangular room. It's not a, it's not a square room. It's triangular. It's three, only three corners. Each corner has something different in it. The one corner is, if, if you can put the analogy, it's like a pot plant growing in that corner. If you go to this corner, uh, you're, you're, you've got water coming from, from above, and you are feeding that, that plant while you are standing at, at, at that plant. And the one corner you have your past. Uh, everyone has a past. Everyone has, 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 has some things that they've done in the past. And the longer you stand there and focus on it, the more, because what you focus on will, will, will grow. So now that plant is going to start growing. You can go to the other corner, and that is people's opinion on, of, of you. Um, what, what do people say? What does is, what is your parents say about you? What, what does an ex-spouse say about you? And, and that's other, other opinion. And then there's a third corner, and that is um, what God thinks of you. What, what, what is his opinion of you? What does he think of you? And we tend to keep on fighting, uh, even in law enforcement, we, we tend to fight these other two corners of their past and where they were. And the psychology has said, if you come from a criminal background, you're going to go there. And uh, there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. But if, if, if you just simply just go to the corner, of, of what God says about you and how he sees you and how he, wh how, what he thinks about you. Um, you are automatically not feeding those other two. Your backs are automatically turned against both those corners and they will wither and die. And 
Hmm. A lot of people, you've, you found that if your father was an alcoholic, or was a mother's a drug addict, or whatever the case might be, the more you, you join uh, anti-drug or anti the AA and you, you get involved in that, it's like those people who focus on that, it actually becomes part of them. You become what you hated in your own dad. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I realized that I've got to literally turn my back on being negative to, to, towards what my dad had, had showed me and taught me because staying there and focusing on that, I'm, I'm, it's going to grow on me. I've literally got to turn out and you've got to go to Christ and then replace uh, the almighty father, God, to be your, your dad and focus on him. And when you, when you look around at one stage, you realize they don't even grow, want to grow on you. Me. They, it's literally withering away. So that, that was so profound to me when I grasped at this, this, this triangular room. Wow. And, um, the, the other thing is Cain and Abel. They're basically two religions, if you look at it. And the one is self-effort, what you want to do, 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 do. Uh, um, um, Cain, what he did, he brought the, brought the fruit. Abel, uh, the, um, he, he offered uh, the lamb. And you, you find that all over within religion. You get a lot of religion, even in the church, that they are focused on self-effort, what they do, what they do. Where... Um, it's, it's, it's not what you can do for God, but what has he done for you? And that is the full message, the full concept of, of grace and salvation. Salvation, the Greek word is sozo, which is not just saving you to, to, to go to, uh, to, to, to hell. It's actually, it's, it's a package. It's like a, it's like a cell phone. Uh, you, you give a cell phone to, a, to, a, to, a, to an old lady. She says, I just want to make calls. I just want to phone my kids and my grandkids. She doesn't realize it's got the internet, it's got a flashlight, it's got a camera, it's got a voice recorder, it's got a music player. So she's not taking the whole package. She's actually wasting uh, that cell phone. And a lot of people do that with, with, with regards to salvation. They think salvation is just saving you from going to hell. But it's a full package. And I love that. It's, del it's deliverance, it's, it's prosperity, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. If you just put yeah. your full, 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 full trust in him. That's right. Man, that's so powerful. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, when, when I first came to Christ, um, uh, one of the things that, that, that I surrounded myself with is I made sure that I got away from all the nonsense. And I think, um, you know, and this is something that I, every time I go to a speaking engagement or, or some, or, or a, um, you know, I'll go to a visiting church, uh, I always make sure to, to tell people that are either, you know, in a position where they just got out of prison or, you know, they're reentering uh, society again. It's, that is the, the, one of the biggest factors is separating yourself from that type of environment altogether. That's what's going to make you successful out here. Um, you know, on parole to, to, to be able to just, you know, you've lived that, that nonsense, that, that, that the life of crime and the only way out really is number one, the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, getting out of that, that environment from all the naysayers, from all that kind of stuff, and then surrounding yourself with people. Men, you know, if you're a guy, surround yourself with men that are of faith, that are going to speak life into you because you need, you have, you bit most of, most of every, you know, uh, combat that, that's serving time in there, every inmate, mostly every inmate, if you, if you ask them their story, it always always starts with my dad wasn't there my dad ran away or if my dad was there he was an alcoholic an abuser violent or whatever the, the case may be but it's always like that so now you gotta 
you got to be proactive in, in that change. And I think that th this is why I, so when I go in, in these speaking engagements, I, I make sure that, man, surround yourself with men that are going to speak life into you because salvation, I love what you, she's, you just shared, man. Uh, it's so powerful. I, I love that analogy, you know, the cell phone uh, thing, the, the, that illustration, because we, we think that, okay, well, okay, I'm coming out of prison. Uh, I'm saved. And, and you'll see that a lot of these guys, if they don't change that, they thought that salvation was just, you know, a, a, a ticket out of hell. And they don't take, they don't see the whole package, the whole benefit deal. You know, um, how many of us have gotten, uh, you know, benefits at work and they give us a whole packet, right? Uh, uh, a whole list of things. Nobody goes and reads the whole thing. You kind of go, okay, PPO, HMO, I picked this one. You know, done deal. We, we never read the fine line, the fine print, all of that stuff. And so we really don't know our full benefits. And it, it, same thing with the Bible, right? If we just just read here and there, we, we're not catching the whole thing, man, the whole, the whole enchilada. So when you surround yourself with healthy men that believe that there are Christians, that have convictions, these type of guys are going to speak into your life. They're going to, you know, uh, disciple you. They're going to bring you to the word and changes going to start to happen. You're going to see that, wow, man, that, there is something in life. I've had so many conversations with guys that um that hit me up now and and they're just like in disbelief that this is what I'm doing now that God has the, you know the book that there's a, a film in development and we're in a podcast in Holland Yards they're just like they're in disbelief of how did I get to that point uh, I don't know. Uh, just obey Christ. That's that's basically it. You know, right. understanding the whole package deal and going, yeah, I want the phone and I, I want the flashlight. I want to know how to use the calendar on it. I want to use how to, you know, oh, it's got games in there too. So I could have fun, you know, right. <laughs> because we have this picture of God with a on his throne with a lightning bolt ready to strike us every time that we're going to do something wrong. That's not God. That That is not what God does. He's a loving father. And, and he instructs us. And when we fall, you know, there is consequence of sin, but he's not there with the lightning bolt ready to strike us again. He, he, he gently picks us up and says, hey, you know, let's work this out. Let's reason together. Let's keep going. That's who God is. You know, so. You know, it, it reminds me, I once looked up the name Jesus, the definition of it. And it means uh, initially the one who saves, you know, the saving one. But if you continue, it also says, and who is in the business of continually saving. Wow. Like, yeah. He's continually in the saving business. Yeah. So it's, yeah. while it is a one-time transaction for, yeah. for you and I to accept what, you know, he did on the cross, um, he's available today and every day, you know, for right. saving. Yeah. Mark, it's, it's great having you on. I, you know, it's not every day I get to talk to someone who served on a SWAT team. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about, number one, what does it stand for and what does that mean in South Africa? And maybe share a story or two. And then we need to get on to uh, your eventual departure from the, the force. But if you can tell us just a little bit about that period of your life. All right. Um, <clears throat> without getting myself into trouble <laughs> by, by saying things, but then uh, I must get the mindset out of my, out of my mind that these I was I was forced to not talk to the media or any in any while I was serving. I'm not serving anymore. So if I 
if I say something like this and it can 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 get out and uh, well, it doesn't matter. It's not it's gonna not gonna affect me at at all. Um, when uh, there the, there were a lot of political changes in in South Africa with 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 there were there were some issues. So what they had a thing called the Resolution Seven. Uh, we they they realized there were crime within cops at certain areas more than others. Uh, someone I knew very well uh, actually served on uh, the management for for this decision, and it was psychological decisions. Why are certain police stations more crime orientated and others not? Now, with regards to what what the answer is, is 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 not relevant because they they were they were tests done and psychological tests handed out and. They made a determination which they was in, were instructed to destroy because they didn't like the answer. But anyway, um, they then they decided they're just going to do a shuffle and they called it Resolution 7. Um, the, I, I suppose there were other influence as, as to why they, they chose to just to shuffle the, the guys around. And this was around about 2004, about 2004, 2005. Uh, you had to write down all your skills. And I actually sit wrote the C attached because at that stage I was at the air wing doing logistics, uh, helicopter parts, etc. Um, and then I wrote the fingerprint, fingerprint expert, uh, fraud detective, um, secret clearance, having access to all the systems, checking criminal records, firearms on your everything because it's, we wouldn't have different state units like you, 50, 50 states. Um, having that access, you literally have access to the whole South Africa database. Uh, internal affairs, check your identification numbers, check records. I, I had all that access. Um, and I wrote down what, everything, I did, photography as well in the in fingerprint branch because it was the same unit as, as, as fingerprints. Wrote down all the experience that I had and they said, all right, you're basically overqualified to serve in a logistical position. So then they identified me to go to the, to the National Intervention Unit, which is, which is a SWAT unit. But the purpose of, of the move was to, to place you where you are where you can be utilized for your, for your skills. But a resolution like that had never passed before. So what it, but long story short, uh, they swapped me with the other guy that they brought, which is, he was of color and they, the, 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 the airwing, they, they said the airwing need, needed, needed to be more uh, of, of color. So they had to swap that around because every unit has to be a representative uh, with, with, with whites and blacks and all the races to make it to make it fair. They realized that some units were more white, others were more black, etc., etc. So uh, I was swapped with him. And then they just put me into his, placed me into his post. And uh, what he was doing, he was, he was in a logistical in papers, and literally toilet paper and documents. And all that. He just had, that was his job, a logistical job. They put me there and it, it's, uh, that's, that's basically... Uh, I ended up with, with procurement, doing procurement in tactical unit uh, with, with the tactical equipment of all the guys, you know, the, the flashlights on the, on the nine millimeters, uh, guns on the uh, assault rifles, the, those units, all the, the Kevlar gloves, the bulletproof vests, doing tests of what batteries last longer for the flashlights. Uh, that, that, that was, that's, that's where that ended up in the, in the SWAT team. I wasn't physically in the SWAT unit, I was basically just the procurement, tinting the windows, windows to, so that vehicles can look like a, a limousine type of thing, but then you can transport um, your, your informers at the back that will identify certain crimes like, like they did when we had the ATM bombings. 
Um, they literally bombed ATMs. It was a gang that literally just did that. And we found out that, in fact, that the, the guy behind this was, was, a, was a cop. And the informer needed to identify him, but she didn't want him to be, to be noted. So we had to tint the windows. So that was all part of doing procurement on a And that was the end of my career. It was quite frustrating having the, having the skills and of what I did and then ending up doing logistics or procurement. It, it, it was, it was, it was a, yeah. Anticlimax. That's okay. <laughs> so lead us to the events of 2007 and what took place uh, in that time in your life. All right. We, um, we, I volunteered obviously for a lot of street work because that's where I want to go, where I want to work in the, in the front. Uh, we acquired equipment. I basically acquired most of the equipment uh, minesweepers and because we were a SWAT unit we didn't have the basic equipment of police stations so we acquired all these this stuff and there was a big operation that night uh, where illegal immigrants were literally um, growing in, in, in this bush they were staying in, in, in there and it was totally just crime 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 where, so, where, where were they coming from because uh, illegal immigrants in America is different than the South Africa well um, we, mostly Zimbabwe, which is which is on our border, but Botswana, Zimbabwe, um, okay. Zambia, other African the, countries, the northern countries. Yeah, we, we you've got the problem from the south, we've got them from the north. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's but that's basically it's also. But our borders are South Africa is also just very open to borders. Um, now now they've actually put up this very expensive fence because of the COVID-19 and they found that the people are breaking the fence from the inside going out to buy liquor and cigarettes. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's, uh, that was, that was uh. only in South Africa. People say yes, only in South Africa. We've been fighting for a fence for many years. Eventually we got one and the guys break out to go and buy cigarettes. <laughs> But I believe the same problem is in El Paso. There's these guys going out to go eat at restaurants in Mexico because they're not so strict on the law. So it's the same thing there. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this this evening it was a, it was special duties. It was a big operation. We had the helicopter in the air. It was it was a very big, big operation. And then on the way there, uh, I said to my colleague, I left my bulletproof at home. Just quickly go home and go and pick it up. It was basically on the route. Our unit was here. My home was there, and the operation was there. So it was on our way. I wouldn't have even they wouldn't even miss me later. We were driving and this guy in front just, I was, I was long and straight and he just came in from the side. He stood next to the side and I thought, right, he's obviously seeing me. I'm, and then as I approached him, he just came onto the road and then I realized I'm not, he's just going to turn in front of me. Flashed my lights at him and I swerved out because we're driving on the, on the left-hand side. So I swerved out right to the, on the other towards the on oncoming traffic. It was a two lane, but there was no traffic from, from the front. It was dark and it was, um, there was no traffic at all. And as I was on, on that side, he just kept on coming and he hit me from, from the side. Uh, it turned out later, he didn't see me at all because he was drunk. He wanted to make a U-turn. I, I presume he wanted to make a U-turn or I don't know what it was. Um, vehicle lost control, hit a lamp pole, went to that way and then hit a tree head on. Uh, and vehicle was, uh, severely injured lower back my colleague was injured um he sped off uh, because obviously he realized he had caused an accident and he knew he was he was drunk but he with the with 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 the smash his uh, front front right wheel jumped off the rim so he drove on a, on on his on his mag on the rim all the way home 
but his number plate fell off. And that was also a miracle because one of the colleagues came to the scene, saw the policeman in uniform lying there bleeding, uh, and she started crying because it, she, uh, that, uh, she, her as a mother figure felt emotional and she turned around and she just started walking into the field where just because she didn't want the, uh, her colleagues to see her emotions because she was filled with emotion seeing these two guys in uniform bleeding. And as she walked, she looked down and there was this number plate and she did an ownership on them because I, I was saying a vehicle hit us off the road, but they, they got to the scene, there was no other vehicle. Um, and then one of the guys said, hey, there's an extra headlight. Uh, this headlight doesn't fit this vehicle. And then actually you're talking about Isuzu earlier on, <laughs> or Suzuki, what did you say? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and it was Isuzu, by the way. And it, this, this, this headlight doesn't fit. And they checked the number plate that came out on, a, on, a, on, on his vehicle, which was, a, I think it was a Nissan. Um, and the, the same color as what I described. I said it was a blue-green bucky. We call it a bucky. You guys call it a truck. Um, uh, hit, hit us from the side and then they checked number plate went to his house and as they drove they saw this white line on the road realizing yeah. he, his, his rim and they followed him home he was arrested and he was found he was found guilty after after, after afterwards and um yes that that accident was like like i say in 2007 I injured my lower back i was taken to to to, um, to the er directly from the scene they gave, gave me morphine on the scene severe injuries so severe didn't break anything, but it was it was just my, my lower back was the disc that uh, had lost its elasticity. Um, wow. Went to hospital, and from there on, I, I, I just couldn't sit for longer than a certain time without support. Uh, it, it, it was just I couldn't sit in a car for for long. So so that's basically where where my career ended, and then it took a couple of years with all the medical uh, processes and. Take, takes forever and then in 2012 I finally got my papers to say all right you're on as they call it ill health retirement wow. and that was 2012 that was eight years ago and the we have a what they call a compensation commissioner um, my, the doctor that gave my report was, was 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 then handed to the police medical board they have uh, they subcontracting doctors to then see their side of the story and both side of the story and to, to make a decision um, that same report that was given by my doctor, who actually is an orthopedic surgeon and he's an, uh, a lawyer, so he's got a, both, <laughs> because he does legal, medical legal um, reports, uh, supplied me with a 29-page report, which was submitted to, to police head office. They, their medical boards with their doctors decided to, to board me medically. They then send that report to Compensation Commissioner, which is another government department, completely different. Uh, that falls under the Department of Labor. They have that same report. And for some reason, they said, I don't, do not qualify. And they actually gave the reason why they say, I don't, do not qualify, because there's a um, one sentence that my doctor wrote. He was talking about my, my, um, my L3 vertebrae. That says there was no permanent damage on the L3. But he, the report obviously continues. It's 29 pages. They didn't bother to read the report any further. And they said, your doctor said in your report that you've suffered no permanent injury. But he was referring to the L3 vertebrae, which was fine. The problem is further down, my lower back. Anyway, so um, it's now been eight years. But a lot of people say, no, but there's something that, that could be done. But that's, that's what I want to get to. When everything in your life fails, where you think nothing, this is wrong. This is not fair. And there's a lot of, we go through things that's not fair. This whole virus, we don't even understand where it comes from. There's these reports, those reports. Um, if everything that you hold on to just suddenly fall out under you, 
I think that's a point where God says, I'm taking off these side wheels of your bike. Just, just trust me. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust me with all your heart. Not sometimes. Trust me with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Um, that was so, so profound where I just got to the point of just trusting God fully um, and, and, and listening to him on a daily basis and say, Lord, you say Proverbs 8, 12, you will give witty, you give me witty inventions. Uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, I'll give you uh, secrets of the kingdom. Give me, give me a secret. You gave it to Colonel Sanders, KFC. I mean, <laughs> you, you do that. Lord, the guy that, that patented the sewing machine, you gave that idea in a, in a dream. Give me a witty invention, and that's that's what he does. He gives me business ideas. I'm telling you, it's unreal. It's unreal. I would I would I would not trade for where I am now for anything else. Wow, that, that that's uh, that's amazing. That's just amazing. And you know, it's so cool. Is see, in in your and you're absolutely right. It's um it's really trusting him uh, with the unknown. Um, you know, I like what this one pastor said a long time ago that I was under and he said, you know, God is here and you're here. You only have vision here and God sees here, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's just that simple, you know, that, but it, 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 but our little brains, right? Like we want to fight against that and, and we do, we never win, but when we trust God, yeah. yeah when we trust God, yeah. uh, just like Proverbs three, five and six and, and, and we acknowledge him in all our ways. And that means that all our ways, that there's no like shortcuts to this. You got to trust him in all our ways. Then, uh, I mean, you see the success, you see God coming in, and, and, and it's, his timing is impeccable. I mean, it's just so spot on. It's exactly when he wants for something to happen in your life. And he does that, you know. So it, it, what a wonderful story, man. What a, what a great uh, encouragement to our listeners. Uh, you know, if, if you think that this is the end of your life or you just lost your job during this time and you think, you know, what, what now? How, how am I going to survive? Well, you cling on to the Lord and you trust in him and then he will direct that path for you. And, um, exactly. uh, and I'm telling you, you're going to be amazed if you're, you know, you're listening to us right now. You are going to be amazed when you put all your trust and all your hope. In the Lord, He does not disappoint. In fact, it tells us that that the hope that we find in in, in, in the Bible, it does not disappoint. So exactly. you know, yeah. you can write on that all day long, man. Well, have thank you, you so much for sharing that. Sorry, no, I just wanted. Have you ever wondered why? Why does it say in the Word that you have to remind God of His promises? He doesn't forget. I've struggled, not struggled with that. I think, Lord, why? Why would you say remind me of your promises? And it became so clear, actually, because I ask a lot of questions. I ask, yeah. you ask my mom when I was little, why? <laughs> so um, I said, Lord, how, why do you say remind me? And it, was, it came to me so subtle. It could only have been the Holy Spirit. Um, like a dad, your, your child comes to you and, and says, Dad, when are we going to go to the beach? Uh, we, and you say, we're going to go next week. Come remind me. You want him to remind you, not because you're going to forget, because you want that warm feeling of your child saying, Dad, I want to spend time with you. So wow. when I grasp that, that's why he wants us to remind him. He wants us to remind him of his promises. Lord, you promised that you'll give me witty inventions. Show me something that you haven't shown anyone else. Mm. And he does that, and you will do that. So um, I'm just waiting for this 
thing to, to go away because we have some amazing <laughs> ideas coming out. <laughs> and I, I believe a lot of people that's in, in this lockdown and uh, when, when they really go and sit on his lap and say, Lord, show me something, give me ideas, he's going to reveal stuff because now all the clutter has been switched off. It's like trying to tune into a radio station and you can't find it. Now all the noise has been turned off. So now you can literally just focus on him. And like I said to a friend, it's, it's, it's learning God's voice, learning to hear his voice is, is actually a, it's a, it's a journey because you don't always know, did he say this? Did he not say this? If you're not sure, just ask him. He will confirm it because he's, 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 he's true to his word. And then it becomes like fine-tuning. Okay, not there, not there. Okay, that's him, that's him. He shared something with me and he, we, was, we served together. He was actually in the SWAT unit. He was in a section with clothing and he, he thing and uh, he shared with me something um he did, he was he wasn't believing at all at one stage he was he came came to the lord and we phone each other every day i think he phoned me three or four times today it's so amazing and he said to me he he was driving and he just felt he had to go to the net to the next shop not this one and there was a guy that came in and uh what, what happened there was just absolutely of god this guy that guy had then prayed for something specifically, and he said, it felt the, the the feeling afterwards of just listening. Should he go there? Not yet. And then listening to the voice that was like fine tuning to, to 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 get to learn to get God's voice. I said, the more you're going to do that, the more you're going to realize it's Him talking, and the louder it becomes, the clearer messages you're going to start hearing. And it absolutely that's a journey. Like I say, I don't want to swap for anything anything else. You know, uh, um, uh, just recently we were uh, doing, you know, throughout the, the Zoom, uh, everybody's doing Zoom church and uh, uh, Facebook church uh, throughout this quarantine. And there's a police officer that attends our church. And he's actually, like my, he's my best friend. And this guy, um, he's, he, you know, you know, you can see everybody kind of like how we're seeing each other right now. And uh, <laughs> there's a bunch of windows. And... <clears throat> I guess he was he's sitting next to a window and there's birds like this is where all the birds come and they're chirping right and 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 uh you know certain birds are louder than others and and so i guess he, he was trying to pay attention to the sermon and but uh, these birds are just you know doing their thing all in the in this in this thing and and he, he and he prays and he says uh, lord uh, can you make them stop you know he says this you know and everything is muted, you know, so I'm the only one that you can hear throughout the whole thing. So nobody knows what he just said. I thought he had talked to, I wasn't even paying attention, but, you know, you can see somebody's, when their lips are moving, right? But everybody's muted. So he tells God, you know, God, can you, like, make them stop? And as soon as he said that, the birds just went, and they were gone. Wow. Just gone. And he got so excited that... After the, 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 I was done with the sermon, I, you know, we unmuted everybody so we could kind of fellowship on Zoom. And uh, he, he's like, you know, he's raising his hands, he's doing this, and, and I'm going like this, I'm thinking that he's just saying hi, right? But he's like, no, I got something to say. And he says, you know, and he shares that story, and it just floors me because that's exactly what God does. You know, um, he, he, he really listens to our prayer. As little as it as we might think that it is, or unimportant as we might think it is, every prayer counts. Uh, God listens. He's he, he's a God that listens to the prayers of the righteous. He 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 listens to his kids, and whether we think it's important or not, he does pay attention to these things, and he comes through. So 
man, I, I, I love that stuff. Like, when I, I love hearing the simplicity of prayer and the power of God attached to it. it it's just so amazing, man. Amazing. So amazing. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Did you Don't, like to hear man, the story of, of our, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. No, 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 of my, the, the testimony of, of my operation that was after the accident. Yeah. That, uh, that is absolutely, um, if I do get emotional, please ex excuse me. Because it, it, oh, that's okay. To, 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 to tell people this is, is, is always something so profound. I remember specifically, I was um, at one night where I, where I stayed before. I was outside under the tree. And there was a song of Brian Adams that was playing on my music player. Uh, the song is 18 Till I Die. And I just stopped it right there. And I walked outside standing under the tree and I just raised my hands up to the, to the sky and I said, Lord, I, I want to be 18 till I die. It was a very unique feeling that I experienced at that stage. I don't know if you've ever taken a piece of paper and you crumble it up and you throw it in, into a bin that's in the other side of the room. And the moment that piece of paper leaves your hand, you've got this feeling inside that's going to be in and then it hits. I don't know if you've ever experienced that feeling. <laughs> that's, that's my analogy for that prayer because it felt like <laughs> this request is hitting in. Anyway, I went for, I went for a hernia repair um, operation a couple of months, or a couple of weeks later. Uh, I've had a couple of operations with a couple of injuries in the police car accidents, quite a few. So I'm used to um, neck injury, uh, quite a few. And uh, I remember the, the anesthesiologist came in and said, do you uh, have any problems with, with, with um, anesthesia? I said, no, I've had quite a few. So he says, all right, I'm going to try a new product. Uh, and he showed me what it is and how it looks. He says, it works differently. You're going to fall asleep. It's going to feel a little bit different to what you're used to, like the propofol. And anyway, so um, he puts me out and I'm into the theater, lying there, and then he, he puts me out. When I wake up, uh, it's just completely a different room. It's not the recovery room that they said I'm going to be in. This is, this is just lights all over. And I realized I'm in ICU. The first words I heard from the nurse is, listen, you, you flatlined on the table. You, your heart stopped beating. And I was like, what happened? I said, we don't know. We've, we've checked your file three times. There was no reports of any uh, heart issues in, uh, in your family. There was nothing like that. What, we don't know what, 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 what happened. You, 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 your heart stopped beating. You, you, the whole body went, went pale. They said, I found out later that they, they, they tried to recess me for, for 30 minutes. Now, that's longer than what they usually do in, in hospitals. I think they tried 20 minutes, and then they declare. Uh, the, the doctor that actually wanted to do the operation, they never did the operation then, uh, he actually decided after 20, just after 20 minutes, he said, all right, let's, let's declare. And then the um, anesthesiologist, decided, he said, let me just try one more thing. And he, they, they didn't even have them. They had to go and get it. Uh, and then he gave me an anti-histamine, anti-allergy um, injection. And then my heart just started beating normally and it came, came around. Uh, next day I went to, now I see you, they wanted to know what happened. So they came with, you know, when you go f with your wife for pregnancy test, the sonar, I had all this gel on my heart. They checked my heart the valves. They checked the rooms inside the heart. They said, can't see anything fault here. We're going to send you for a, um, a stress e EKG, which is we will run on a treadmill, and then they check your heart 
rate and how it goes. That was the next day. Uh, the, the, the lady, the, the doctor that helped me there, she said to me, well, I don't see any problems here. And as, I, as she slacked down the treadmill, at the end of the test, she says, what is it? there's a very uneven beat in your heart. What, what is this? I said, no, I'm used to that. I find it quite fun. I sometimes feel my pulse and it goes doof, 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 and then it's quiet for, and then it goes doof, doof twice and then it carries on. It doesn't always happen, but I know it happens because I can feel it. She says, no, this is not normal. I said, well, I've always had that. So because of that, she then sent me for an angiogram, um, angiogram which where they put the needle in the in your leg and then they insert the, I don't know if you know that, so you're putting up your hand, Joel. <laughs> oh, you know, um, that's it, goes all the way in. That's exactly how you're showing there. Our listeners can't see that, but it goes all the way in. And it's a very warm feeling where they inject the, 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 the um, what is the what is the liquid that they inject? But anyway, it's a contrast uh, liquid so that they can see on on the and the, the the cardiologist that was doing it, he stood there and he he looked at the screens. Now he's got the screens in front of him. I'm lying underneath him. He's putting the, the, the and as he injects, then he takes all these pictures so he can see all the veins and all the openings and all the valves. And he stood there and he looked up. And he said to me, "You you don't look." Uh, I think then then it was what was it what was it forty six? He said you don't you don't look forty six. I said yeah it must be it must be me shaving my head. That, that, that. She says I'm not talking about what you look what I'm seeing there. I'm talking about what I'm seeing here. You have the most uh, open, clear uh, valves and 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 uh, arteries that I've ever seen for a man your age. You've got a heart of an eighteen year old. <laughs> When he said that, I started crying, and he was wondering why. Why am I now getting emotional? He, he literally sat on the le- on, on 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 the side of the bed and he said, well, "You know what is it?" And I said, "Look, doctor, I prayed a prayer to God two, two, three weeks ago. Where I said, Lord, I want to be 18 till I die.'" He started crying. He got all teared up and uh. put his hand on my knee and he said, "You know, I I." I had a relationship with God when I was in school and going to medical school. I've, I've left that. But your testimony has, has, has changed that totally. It has, it has, it, it's changed. Uh, thank you for that. Um, anyway, it turned out that I was allergic to uh, a preservative inside this new product that this guy was trying out, using me as a guinea pig kind of thing. Not, not, well, I agreed to it. So um, they just gave me a report. This is a safe... Um, stuff to use if, if, if they ever give me anesthetic so this is this is what is safe for me don't use anything else i then went back for the same operation because i needed a hernia repair went to the same doctor and he said he can't believe that i'm actually coming for a repeat i mean <laughs> I almost, almost died anyway this is where the rest comes in because then i was taken up in the hospital and while i was there they took my blood pressure the nurse took my blood pressure she says hey your blood pressure is not right <laughs> I said, no, you, you're making a mistake. Um, try again. Um, just check again. And as I was talking to her, there was another doctor walking past, obviously doing some uh, his, his, his visits to his patients and other wards. And he heard me telling this nurse about what happened to me. And, uh, and he, well, I was telling her my testimony because it's, I wanted to share it with her. 
he stopped, came to me, says, are you the one that Dr. Benson talks about? In, 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 because he's not just a, a, a doctor, he also he's a professor at, at, at the university. And he tells his, his, his students, um, doctors that's, that's learning, he says, the relationship with God is vital. He says, are you the 18 till I die patient that Dr. Benson? Wow, that is so, so that cool. Was, that was absolutely amazing to, 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 to have heard that, what was it, about a year later from a complete different stranger doctor that just heard me over telling a nurse, you must be mistaken, my blood pressure is nothing wrong with, and she actually took it again and she says, no, it's 100%, I don't know, I said, yeah, there's something wrong with your machine, my, <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. for the package. Mm. That is something else, man. That, you know, 18 till I die. I want to be 18 till I die. And maybe I should start uh, <laughs> confessing that, man. <laughs> I think it, I think it's 25 that says that you will return to the day of your youth. So just keep on proclaiming it. I think it's Job, Job 25, 33, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but, but he says, I, I will return to the day of my youth. It's a, it's a, it's a promise. If we, if we accept it, and like I say, if you activate that app <laughs> right. in your package, you better activate it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Joe, man. Yeah. What do you think, Joe, man? This is awesome, man. That, that was an incredible story. Thank you, Mark, for sharing that. Uh, uh, that's, <laughs> that's the Lord's sense of humor, and that's his love for us, you know, coming up, showing up live and in person. Uh, you reminded me of a lot of different stories and different ways that he's shown up for me in my life too. And it's very faith affirming. So thank you uh, for sharing that. I'm sorry you had to go through that. That was not fun. At first I thought maybe you were going to share a, a near death experience with us while you were on the table. I've heard a few of those over the years, but um, anyway, yours was very special. So uh, I once <laughs> side note, <laughs> I was once in a restaurant on Melrose in Los Angeles and uh, Brian Adams and his entourage sat down next to us and I was trying to explain to my, my <laughs> uncle who was with me. This is a long time ago. This is like 1988, I think. And um, I, was, I made a comment to my uncle sitting next to me. I think that's Brian Adams. And he said, what? I said, I think that's Brian Adams. And he said, who's Brian Adams? I couldn't believe he didn't know. And so I had to sing. And so I tried, I didn't want to sing too loud, but I went, you know. Oh, wow. Like, na, 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 na. You know? And Brian Adams turns, looks over his shoulder and glares at our table. <laughs> I was like, I'm not singing anymore. I'm not, don't worry. Dude, he, he wore a leather jacket and a white t-shirt. I mean, he looked like he walked right off the set of a music video. Wow. Anyway, but... That's, um, That's an interesting story. <laughs> yeah. And if you know Joel, Joel is like one of the most social uh, guys out there. Yeah, I mean, he, he, will, he will just, he just makes friends. You know, uh, so I can see that. I can definitely see that happening. And you actually trying to uh, sing that song. <laughs> Yeah, and that was actually tame for me to to not walk up to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold yourself back. <laughs> yeah, he, he held himself. That that's strange. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Cool. Mark, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, any any final words? Any encouragement to people who might tune in to listen? Um, before we before we part ways, I can just get back to the triangular room. Uh, don't don't try to 
don't try to, in all that case, you said you had to force yourself to let go of certain people. Um, it's sometimes the more difficult to try to let go because the more you, it's like trying to get something sticky off your hand. You've got to take it in with the other hand. So it just sticks to the other hand. Whatever, what, whatever sin it is, and, and, and addiction, bondage, anything that, you, that, you, that you're stuck in, the more you're going to try out of your own effort to, to let go of it, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're not gonna succeed. Turn around, go to that corner. What, what God thinks of you, and focus on Him. Spend time with Him. Spend spend time in the Word. Oh, the Word is 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 a, is a, is a two-edged sword. Every verse means ten different things depending on when you read it, where you read it, who you. Just 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 go in that, and you will find that those things that were stuck on your hands, they just fall off. It, it's it's literally. Don't try doing it yourself. We, we, we have this thing that we always want to do something. Um, we, we, what, what, what must I do? But my question is, what father will tell his child, first do a couple of tricks and back somersaults before you can sit on my table and feast? The, 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 um, the Psalm 23, where, where it says, um, I will prepare a table. The, the, the Hebrew word for that table is not a normal table at a restaurant. It's shaul. Shaul is a... Is a, is a, is a a royalty table. It's a table set out for kings. Go and check it out. The, the, the original word for that table. It's not a normal table. It's, it's very unique. Um, what father will tell you, you've got to do this and do this and do this and do this before you are worthy to come and sit at my table. He says, no, come sit at my table. So I want to encourage everyone listening, listening to this, focus on God, find out the full package of sozo, the salvation, because it's not just saving you from 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 hell. There's so much involved. He can he can give you witty inventions. You can be the next. Let me not mention anyone's names, but you can be the next inventor for something complete different. You you can be the first one to to bring out whatever. You you can just do that if you if you take the full package, which is sozo. Focus on that, and then nag God for it because He wants you to because He's a dad. And I can I can just I can just say that don't don't try to let go of anything, um, even if you're struggling with it. Just focus on him. He will do the miracle by cutting those things away. Your hunger for those things will just suddenly disappear. Amen. Amen. Those are great parting words, man. That's uh, very powerful. And I have a side joke of that, but I'm not going to share it. I, it would be hilarious though. But I'm I'm going to restrain myself, Joe, because you know me. I I, I got to hold myself back sometimes. You know, yeah. But now you've got to be curious. I've got to be curious. All right, I'll share. It's, it's nothing bad. It's just, you know, I'm a sign guy by trade. Uh, I have a sign shop. And I always obviously pay attention to signs on the road, whether they're on cars or buildings. And it, and it's, it kind of goes along with what you said. You know, uh, you know, don't try to do it on your own. You get the stickiness on the other hand and why go through the trouble. And there was this plumber truck that was in front of me. And he had, you know, the, the name of his uh, plumbing company. And then he had a little tagline that read, here to repair where, <laughs> here to repair what you, what, here to repair what you, what you, what you tried to fix, you know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's awesome. What a great little tagline, you know. And, and that's what Jesus did, right? Uh, he repairs a, uh, what we try to fix. What we try to fix, exactly. Yeah. So, oh, that's a yeah. good one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think this whole virus and the lockdown and quarantine is 
has really tested a lot of us in that area because we want to fix things and we're physically not allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> so it can really challenge you. Um, Mark, would you mind praying for us? No problem. That's okay, Casey, as we close. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Great. All right. Great. Yeah. Father God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for, for this brother, brotherly friendship of three strangers just hooking up through the internet, through technology, through, through a medium that we never thought would be possible. Thank you for this, Lord. Thank you for bringing people together. And as I said to my, my pastor friend this morning, I said to him, who would have ever thought that we would, in the midst of a lockdown, reach people on, on another continent? We never thought it was possible. And yet, it's only your hand that could have done this. We thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for this. Um, thank you for this interview. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. We worship you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Well, Mark, it's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, nice you. meeting you too, Joe. What <laughs> 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 a pleasure! I can't, I can't wait to, to to visit the states. I'm really. It's 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 one of it's it's one of the things that I said, Lord, I will. I want to do that. I want to visit the States. I really can't wait to, to do that. Your bucket list. <laughs> yeah. We'd love to see you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Mark. Uh, we really appreciate it. We know that you could have been doing all kinds of other things right now, and uh, you chose to be with us, and we really uh, thank you so much for, for your time uh, here on the show. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for inviting me. It was, it was great. Absolutely. Okay. Joe, man, another day, another podcast. That's right, man. And, uh, you know, just so if you're listening, um, tomorrow we have um, another uh, interesting interview with uh, another law enforcement gentleman. Uh, he's an FBI agent, and he's uh, going to bring us some pretty interesting stories as well. Uh, he was very well known in the FBI world as capturing some of the famous bank robbers of our time. So you don't want to miss out. Uh, make sure that you tune, tune in and press that subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button with a hammer, a mallet, uh, stomp on it, like it, and the whole nine yards. And uh, we want to, you know, say thank you for to all our listeners for being part of the Shot Caller podcast. Casey, where can they find you online? Uh, Twitter, Instagram? So our handles on social media are on Twitter. We are at, at the shot caller BK at the shot caller BK on Instagram. We are, you can find us at the shot caller book, the shot caller book. And then on Facebook, we are under KCD is author, KCD is author. I'd love for you to follow us. And, and, uh, you know, I keep, uh, all our, um, all those people that, that love hearing the stories and being a part of our life. Um, you know, I share a lot of personal stuff. Um, uh, with my family and just, you know, we're a normal, normal family and love sharing our life with you. Um, and most of all, we love sharing Jesus with you guys out there. So come on and join us and uh, it's going to be a great ride. You are listening to the Shot Caller podcast with Casey Diaz and Joel Needler. You can find us online at uh, Casey Diaz author on Facebook, uh, the Shot Caller book on Instagram, and on Twitter, at the shot caller BK. That's at the shot caller BK. You can also find us at CaseyDiaz.net, 
and send an email to info at kcdiaz.net. That's info at kcdiaz.net.